Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 189, Saving Yourself Versus Saving Someone Else. It's January 20th, 2024. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, etc. I am also a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I do is I help people be happy, healthy, and well-loved, even when life is extremely difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any capacity. There is no longer any music for my podcast intros or outros as I am working towards being more inclusive for people who have hearing loss or who are hard of hearing. I invite you to join the movement and get other podcasters and people on social media using different formats to ditch music when combined with voice. That's my request. End of non-musical intro. Saving yourself versus saving someone else. Hmm, where am I going with this? I don't know if you know. But anyway, visit my website to enter my giveaway. As I mentioned in the intro, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice. I have transcripts on rss.com, which are not in a good format. I am working on getting that corrected with my IT guy. And as soon as we get it corrected, they will be in a much better format. But they, there are at least transcripts for whatever they're worth. They're, they're not worth much, but you can at least read the podcast. Uh, if you're suicidal, please call 1-800-273-8255 or call or text 988. There is help available for you, I promise. Have no shame or embarrassment. Make the call or text. Saving yourself versus saving someone else. I'm going to begin with the definition of the word save, S-A-V-E, which is a transitive verb. Couple definitions. One, to rescue from or deliver from harm or danger. Two, to preserve or guard from injury, destruction, or loss. Three, to keep from being lost to an opponent. And four, to maintain or preserve. When I'm talking about saving yourself or saving someone else, I do want to distinguish what's known in psychology as the savior complex. It's also known as the Messiah complex or the white knight syndrome. Separate from saving yourself or saving someone else, this is a different distinction, which I am not, I'm not, this podcast is not designed to have you be the savior or the Messiah or the white knight. Now, if you feel destined or compelled or called to save others or you're responsible, you know, you might have good intentions, but what I would be wary of is to make sure that you don't have the savior complex. It's a little complicated because in humanity, it's not, there's nothing wrong or bad with wanting to help others. That's actually altruistic and a good thing. It's problematic when it goes to the extreme, when it's over the top and you sacrifice your own mental or emotional well-being, or when you think you know better than they do about what's good for them. And you actually might. You might actually know what's better for them than what they know. You have to watch your motives. So the savior complex is distinct and separate 
from helping someone but the savior complex or the white knight syndrome or the messiah complex it's it's when it goes over the top so i mentioned that so you're aware of it and you don't fall into that trap this podcast is not taking it to the extreme i'm a fan of helping other people but we don't want you to have the savior complex now to i mentioned altruism so helping others is falls under altruism and i'm a fan of altruism which is an out what does altruism mean well number one it means unselfish concern for the welfare of others or selflessness two it's instinctive behavior that is detrimental to the individual but favors the survival or spread of that individual's genes as by benefiting its relatives and three it denotes benevolent instincts and emotions in general or actions prompted by them it's the opposite of egotism so i'm making this distinction we have altruism altruism and then we have the savior complex so i'm separating them out because the savior complex is the extreme it can be can be a a disorder or a problem but i'm also saying when it's not taken to the extreme and you're not sacrificing your mental health or well-being this is a natural inclination and it's not bad okay so we have to distinguish you know what level so that you don't have the savior complex to start this off before i get into saving yourself versus saving someone else i am going to introduce to you a new term one of my new made-up terms this is a made-up term so because i have made it up i'm telling you right up front don't go google it because you won't find anything i already googled it before this podcast to see if anything came up so the term i'm introducing you to is called the burning building syndrome that's my made-up term okay i'm gonna have to do a glossary i think at some point put it in my emotional workbook because i'm making up terms which by the way i did talk to a therapist who loved the concept loved the term loved the whole all all of it so it's a it's therapist at least one therapist approved so what do i mean by the burning building syndrome as a young college student I was a resident assistant at Penn State. And because I was a resident assistant at Penn State, I had the opportunity to go through residential life training for resident assistants. And that included going through a burning building simulation. So a simulation means it wasn't a real burning building. There was a building, a concrete structure, which is still in existence, by the way, out in Pleasant Gap. They used the burning building simulation to train firefighters or other community leaders or whoever they used to train. They certainly used it with resident assistants back in the day, although I don't know if they still do that. It was extremely memorable. So they they had smoke. Uh, I don't remember if they had heat or not. I was thinking about this yesterday. Was there heat? I don't know. But you absolutely, going through the burning building simulation in the building, you got what it would be like. You got as close as you could possibly get to what it would be like to be in a burning building without actually being in a burning building. So this is why I'm bringing this up is because it had a lasting impact on me. And here's the takeaway for you, which is my takeaway. 
So the people outside of the burning building simulation, that would be the firefighters or the different directors of residential life, they had a much wider picture and view of how to escape the burning building because they could see, quote unquote, where the quote unquote fire was. When you're in a burning building that's filled with smoke, you don't have the same visibility. You don't have the totality of it and the complete picture of it. And so if you can get to a window, if you're ever in a burning building, people can say, oh, you have to, you have to do this or do that because they will know things that you don't know because they're outside of the burning building. And the, the application, this analogy is in life, sometimes you will experience deep or severe hardships or life challenges or problems and someone outside of the situation outside of the problem could offer you critical advice to help you escape they could have the most sage wisdom because they're not you and they're not in the situation that you wouldn't be able to see sometimes when you're in life's hardships or challenges you have a tunnel vision or a, a ch or a narrower vision so this can be extremely valuable now i'm not talking about you just if you're in a hardship or life challenge quote unquote a, a burning building that you just take advice from anyone or anyone's perspective i'm not saying that because you do have to make sure that the people who are helping you or offering their wisdom or their advice are not the people who are drilling holes in your boat that they are not the people who want you to fail i promise you there are people probably in your life who are haters i just did a podcast about what about my haters or people who are drilling holes in your boat i have a podcast about people drilling holes in your boat they simply do not have your best interests at heart that advice from anyone who's a hater, which you might not be aware of, that's not advice you want to take because if someone wants you to fail, they're going to give you bad advice. You have to do your due diligence and sort that out, which can be difficult. You'll have to do the best that you can, but you are able, if you can sort that out, to get advice and suggestions, and sometimes the suggestions or ideas are amazing and fantastic like like you could like oh why wouldn't i think of that well you wouldn't think about it because you're in the burning building and they're not in the burning building and i thought of plenty of examples i could give but they're too close to home so we're not gonna we're not gonna go there but for you the point is whether you're interested in saving yourself or saving someone else it can be helpful for you to understand the idea that sometimes the people outside of the situation will have the golden gems, the golden nuggets or the treasures that are not available to you in that moment because you're in the burning building. So that's my analogy. I hope you find it to be somewhat helpful. It's helped me throughout life very, very significantly. So. That's what I have to say about that before we get into saving yourself and save, or saving someone else. Well, can you save yourself? Well, it depends. Are you open to saving yourself? Are you willing to save yourself? Are you willing to do what it takes to save yourself? 
you as a human being have significantly more control over your life than you might realize in this moment. And that includes even if you're in a horrible situation like domestic domestic abuse right now. I know all about domestic abuse. I know how horrible it is. And I know people get absolutely 100% trapped in domestic abuse. You still have a lot more control over your life than you realize, even if you have domestic abuse, even if you're a caregiver, like you could have lots of really very painful, difficult situations, but you have more control over your life than you realize, which I cover in my podcast titled, When You Have Control Issues. I'm not saying you have control issues, but that podcast gives you lots of areas that you have control over that you might not realize right now. And that can be very helpful. So can you save yourself? Well, first of all, what would you want to save yourself from? Well, number one, you might need to save yourself from you. Some people need saving from themselves because they're their own worst enemy. You might need saving from mean people, from abusers, from trauma, from life challenges and hardships, from suffering, from physical pain or emotional pain, health issues, financial issues, relationship issues, mental health issues, feeling lost, lacking motivation, lacking self-discipline. You get the idea. I didn't even include things like domestic abuse. Well, I kind of did by saying life challenges and hardships. I could go on and on. There could be any number of things that you feel you need saving from. This is this is a topic that has been discussed since the beginning of mankind. Both both aspects, saving yourself or saving someone else. So, first of all, what do you need saved from? I don't know. Like so but we're going to take this piece and then I'm going to address if, if someone else needs saving. So if you have this idea or this notion, and it may be very true for you, I don't know, that you need to be saved. So number one, my first and most serious suggestion is get on the road to personal growth and development and grow like crazy. It is not hard, people. <laughs> like, Listen, you can make it very fun. If you haven't gotten the idea, I like fun. I like play. Make growth and development fun, fun, fun. Lots of my podcasts will lay that out for you, including how to be playful and have more fun. So grow yourself inside. That means new skills, new habits, new practices, new ideas, new thinking. Grow like crazy. Personal growth and development. If you're interested in saving yourself, that's number one including emotional abilities, by the way, which I have a free workbook on my website. It's right below the Newsweek logo. It's free. You don't have to register. Just take it. Number two, love and affection. Be well loved. The power of even the simple perception of love is astronomical in how it changes your blood. So my suggestions, first and foremost, if you as a human being, feel like you need saving for any number of reasons or a reason, get on the road to personal growth and development and two, make sure you have love and affection in your life. Whether that's romantic, platonic, both, either one makes no difference to me. Make sure you have love and affection. You simply, with those two elements, could probably save yourself from any number of things. 
You have to, however, be all in. You have to say to yourself, look, I feel like I need I need to be rescued. I need to be saved. I, I, I can't do this. Good. I, mean, I don't mean good like that's good, that's how you feel. But good for you to recognize in this moment you feel as if you need to be saved. So get to work. This is not where you sit back and you wait for someone to show up. Someone may or may not show up, but you have lots of power and control over your life. So love is amazing and love can, can save you in all kinds of ways. Love is medicine. Love is healing. Lots of my podcasts will will help you if love is if, for some of you. The idea of love is just, it's, it's, it's a foreign entity. Although one of the most popular Beatles songs was All You Need Is Love. I mean, that, that's, there's some truth to that if you get the right love. Unfortunately, we have people who hide their true selves. They're actually bad people. They're users and abusers. They want you for your money or whatever other reason. Or they want to take your money. You know, that's, and that's hard. So you, as a human being, even if you feel like your life is tanked, like your life is a hot mess, you actually can begin to put yourself back together as a human being through growth and development, which is what I recommend and love and affection. So that's you. Can you save yourself? Yes, you can. If you're committed, if you're all in, if you're willing to do the work. If you're not willing to do the work, you might fall into the category of being a victim or a martyr. I don't recommend either one of those. We have plenty of victims and plenty of martyrs in the world. We don't need more. You're welcome to be one of them. That's not going to help you. you know. All right. Can you save other people? Well, this is an interesting question because it depends. Typically, I would say you can't save other people. At the same time, let's be honest. Sometimes you can help save someone else if they're open to accept your help, if they're open to grow and develop, if they're open to whatever help they might need. Now, people are frequently, one reason people are frequently closed-minded is because it's not psychologically safe for them to be open-minded. So you might have the perfect idea, solution, or answer to someone else's situation, issue, or problem, and they might be unable or unlikely to consider what you're saying if they're not open-minded. My request is you have compassion to understand that Closed-minded people can't root around in their mind to consider your answer, solution, suggestion because it's not psychologically safe. And this can be exceptionally painful if you are watching someone you love go through a difficult life challenge or trauma and you feel helpless. I I well understand how painful that is. You can still provide support even if they're closed-minded. I've talked about that in many different podcasts. You, however, my recommendation would be you have to go back and deal with your own emotions about it. If you feel helpless watching someone else die from a terminal illness or be in domestic abuse or ruin their life in some other way, that's painful. I I am extremely well aware of how painful life is. You have to deal with your own emotions, period. 
then you can be a good friend to them or if it's a family member, good sibling, or if it's your child, a good parent or cousin or what, you know, you can be a good influence in their life if they're closed-minded and not open. You can still provide love and affection. You can still check on them. You can still do things that make a difference and that count and that are significant. Unless you're an all or nothing thinker, in which case if they don't take my idea, then, you know, off with their head. I don't recommend that either. An all or nothing thinking or black or white thinking is a cognitive distortion, by the way. If you're interested in saving someone else, whether it's whatever your relationship is, one indirect way that can make a difference is for, let's say you don't need to be saved yourself. Okay, but let's say you've got someone in your life, whoever that might be, that you feel needs saving or you feel needs help or you have this assessment, they need saving or, you know, they really need help. You getting to work on yourself through growth and development is extremely likely to have an impact on that person if you're sharing what you're doing because we know from the scientific research that there is a ripple effect for human behavior and certain things are contagious or can be contagious. So if you know someone who's struggling, you know, you diving in to work on yourself could potentially have a positive impact. And I say this not just based on the science of the ripple effect and the science on things being contagious. I say this because when I start working in a coaching capacity with a parent, and the parent starts growing and developing new skills, new habits, new practices, new ideas and like and boundaries and all kinds of things. How interesting is it that their children, whether they're young, teen or adult, miraculously start improving? Like I'm not working with the parent's children, adult, teen, whatever. I'm working one-on-one -on -one with a parent, with an adult. And it, and in almost every instant, the children, whether they're young adults or middle-aged adults or whatever age they are, their, their lives start to change. It's just, it's beautiful, actually. It's, it's beautiful. Now, if you happen to be arrogant, righteous, opinionated, judgmental, or a know-it-all, that's not how it's going to go. By the way, if you were like that and we were in a coaching relationship, we would eventually get to that. As painful as it would be. And that's where some people quit, by the way. They quit because they can't, they, they, they're not willing to look at the truth. And some for some people, it's just their blind spot. You don't see that about yourself. But we have more people who fit that, fit that bill than not. And this is where self-awareness is, is very helpful and important. We do, unfortunately, have... A larger percentage of society that lacks self-awareness and we know that based on the statistics of the percentage of people who have high emotional intelligence self-awareness is a foundation for emotional intelligence and it's also extremely it's extremely helpful I mean 
you might realize if you get to work on this area of emotions and emotional abilities that you have you have a form of irrational thinking but you can deal with that so when you have someone in your life who is struggling or you feel they need to be saved or helped or whatnot you getting to work on yourself then you know you'll start to change like people will notice i mean i have to tell you for all the people i've coached people will say oh yeah people people are noticing something's different about me something's different about me and especially if you have someone who you're concerned about you sharing oh i'm, I'm working on myself listen i'm listening to these podcasts this is what i'm doing you know now that i do have to mention in this topic about self-awareness and emotions and people who need saving or you needing saving is that there is a cognitive distortion that's called emotional reasoning people who are emotional reasoners what they actually have is the cognitive distortion of emotional reasoning they falsely believe that they are really good with their emotions and they falsely believe that they have high emotional intelligence emotional reasoning as a cognitive distortion is not high emotional intelligence what someone does who has the cognitive distortion of emotional reasoning they are using their emotions to reason with instead of facts in my personal opinion having worked with people for some time this is in my humble opinion one of the more difficult cognitive distortions to flush out or sort out if you're unfamiliar with a cognitive distortion i have a whole podcast about it um it's very calm these these cognitive distortions are very common and you can get over them but basically it's an inaccurate flawed warped way of thinking that means your perceptions are off your judgments are off everything about the way that you think is irrational so if you're thinking listening to this podcast oh i'm good with my emotions i don't need her workbook i have high emotional intelligence i would probably go take a test I would probably check yourself because you could be an emotional reasoner that's that is a cognitive distortion but we know there's just not many people in the world who have high emotional intelligence when you know someone who's need saving or struggling this is very very painful it can be excruciatingly painful like unbelievably painful deal with your emotions and i know this because not only have i dealt with people who are struggling i also have to like understand that when i had my things happen to me in the last three years the last 10 years it was very painful for the people who loved me or cared about me of course it wasn't painful for my haters they were they were a little gleeful <laughs> i know they were some were gleeful so you deal with your own emotions about something that's painful I mean I've, I've literally had to watch people die because they were not open to alternative types of physicians or medicine and it's it's tough it's very tough so I have some additional suggestions for saving yourself I've already given you what I can give you for saving someone else because you really actually can't technically save other people if they're open to it and you want to rescue them and you can well you know just make sure you don't have the the you know messiah complex or the savior complex but it, in general 
people have to ante up on their own. You can influence them, you can have the ripple effect, you can be contagious. So I have some overall suggestions for you if you feel that you need saving because really you have control over you and your life. So really I get to work with you, which is number one, commit to having your best life right now, today, be all in. Like, oh, oh I'm going to, I'm going to start changing my life. I'm going to start having like this amazing life. Commit and be all in. Two, growth and development is your access. It is the access. It means you will have to change some things. That's why it's called growth and development. If you grow muscles at the gym, you're doing work to produce muscles. In life, in happiness, wellness, and, and this channel, love and all the good stuff, growth and development is the access. Number three, foundational P's to happiness in life, to health in life, to wellness in life, to love and affection in life, and to all the good stuff is for you to grow your emotional abilities like a champ. Become a superstar with your emotional abilities. I've given you a free workbook, which is as much as I can do. It's 100% based on the science, 100% based on therapy, proven techniques and information. Become the champion of how you manage and process your emotions in your mind, in your mind. You can still go punch a pillow. You can still, you know, kick the dog. You can still draw a picture. You can still, you can do all those things outside of your mind, but deal with your mind. Number four, love and affection. I most certainly hope that one of your number one goals for the rest of your life is to be well loved. If you've already feel right now in this moment that you are well loved, I'm cheering you on. I'm extremely happy. You have no idea how happy that makes me. Most people don't feel well loved. And sadly, tragically, we have more people who haven't been well loved than have been well loved. So bring love and affection into your life. Lots of my podcasts will help you. Number five, develop an action plan for creating your beautiful life and then take the actions. Action, action, action. Make your dreams come true because you can. Six, with respect to others, this is now taking a dive back to if someone else in your life you feel that they need saving is, you know, you can do what you can to show them you love them, you have affection for them, and be supportive. But the biggest thing you can do to help someone who you feel needs saving is to work on yourself and role model. Oh, look, I just learned I don't have boundaries, so I'm, I'm putting boundaries up. Woohoo! And they might say, what are boundaries? Be an example. Number seven, it's contagious. Well, make your life contagious for the good stuff. Do the things that you want to do and be contagious. Now, I'm not talking colds and illnesses. I'm talking about be contagious for happiness, for love and affection, and for all the good stuff. Number eight, happiness. So on top of love and affection, I suggest you boost your happiness separate from your circumstances. That is not how people typically do happiness. I am well aware most people are happy when they have the right money, the right spouse, the right boyfriend, girlfriend, the right living arrangements, the right job, whatever. That's not what I recommend. And lots of my content will help you to learn how to be happy separate and independent from your situation and circumstances. So to wrap this up, save yourself. 
Be a role model in the world by growing yourself. This will have a tremendous impact in helping to save other people. If you got to work on your emotional abilities using my workbook, you might discover any number of things. And if you're open and you share that with a coworker, well, it depends on your relationship with a coworker. I mean, that that's a given that it depends. But say, you know, with your friend or your child or your spouse or your significant other or your parent or whoever, sibling. Oh, I just realized that you know, so-and-so was projecting when they were telling me all this terrible stuff. Or I just realized I'm not a rational thinker. Like you could, like you could start sharing what you're learning. And usually when I do that, by the way, people go, oh, you, you ran away from love? Yes, I did. I ran away from love. And they'll go, oh, me too. <laughs> like the most frequent answer I get is, oh, yeah, I do that too. I do that too. Well, wouldn't that be great? Like, Change the way you're doing life and thinking so you have this magical, amazing life and be contagious for it. Allow yourself to share so there's a ripple effect and take people with you. That's the best I got for saving yourself or saving someone else. I have a tremendous amount of content that will help you if you feel the need to save yourself or someone else. Don't forget the burning building. You just have to make sure these are good people. I do love you. That's it for now. Hang in there. And here comes my non-musical outro. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life podcast episode number 189, Saving Yourself or Saving Someone Else. I certainly hope you are going to save yourself if you need saving. And I certainly hope that you will take on the actions I've outlined to help anyone that you feel needs help. Please share this podcast on social media to help other people. We have way too many people who are struggling. It's just not necessary. I have the tools for you. Use the tools to share this podcast. I do love you. Hang in there for now. That's it.